we needed to be on the right sort of in the right sort of headspace for the topic at hand today. Yeah, this is a very dick positive uh, space and episode. Little Nuts X has created a very like dick positive movement. Um, and just generally, Thank God, like, I know. I love it. I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for a non cis male cis straight uh, male celebration of the penis. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, generally pro like normalizing being pro all genitalia on all genders. So like, yeah, pro dicks. Let's do this. Let's do it. Should we jump in? Let's jump in, we're homie. Taking, we are taking the time. We are. This is a official announcement that We Do The Reading is coming out as a pro dudes cocks uncut cock podcast. Yes. And sucking dick and cock, which you did at my uh, birthday dinner. At my birthday dinner. At my birthday uh, dinner. At my birthday dinner. This is We Did the Reading, a homo pomo podcast where we're smart about dumb and dumb about smart. Mm-hmm. I'm Pia. I'm here with Clementine. And hey. we are two homosexuals who are actively horny for the devil, discussing the queer media that made us like this. <laughs> I was going to say, this is not really queer media that made us like this because uh, Montero is nine years younger than, eight years younger than me. But uh, it is queer media that is making me really hype on queerness. So it is queer media that is affirming that I am like this for all the right yes, reasons. Yes, it is queer media affirming that I am like this. I just sent Clementine a TikTok. I will link it in the description of this uh, podcast. But it was someone saying, like, I can't believe, like, kids today, like, queer kids today have call me by your name by Lil Nas X and I had this and it was just Kurt from Glee <laughs> to which I said like don't be so loud like so upsetting just had flashbacks to like Blaine crying while singing Katy Perry and me like just on repeat on my like mp3 player you know what I I went through a breakup and actually listened to Rachel Berry's cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart a lot of times. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you for your vulnerability in this moment. What if Um, the breakup was you? It's not. (laughs) How would that change things? I would be even more honored by your vulnerability. I listened to the Mountain Goats a lot when we were breaking up. I don't listen to the Mountain Goats. I don't know what I listened to when we were breaking up. I do have two songs that I associate with falling in love with you. That's uncomfortable. What are they? Uh, you know, you should know. You don't know? You don't remember? Want us to be Drake? No. Oh, then I don't know. Drake or Drake is Emily. I Emily associate got Drake. I associate you the best with falling in love with you. <laughs> best I ever had. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we were both obsessed with the music video. And that was like the first thing I remember bonding with you about is the music video and the moment when they're like, but Drake, all you taught us how to do is stretch. And he's like, oh. that's a very important part of the game. Oh, that music video? I thought you meant me. Like I so my my trigger for falling in love memories of falling in love with Pia Marchetti is Pia Marchetti. No, 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 no. I was upset. Like I just remember Best I Ever Had Drake as like the song oh. that I would- yeah. <laughs> Tell me taught us how to do was stretch. <laughs> Kanye West directed that music video. I didn't know that, but that makes a lot of sense. That, that songs, music video has dropout energy. The songs that I associated with Falling in Love with You are Walking on a Dream by by Empire of the Sun and mm. LA Nocturne by Daedalus. 
Wow. I remember, in fact, text texting you, but that's how I felt falling in love with you. And you don't remember at all. So I let's, fight. let's fight about our, our high school, our nubile high school relationship. Why don't you remember these details? I'm sorry. Hmm? I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be. I remember other details. I triggered you like just the other day with like pictures or something. You triggered me with a wet seal high heel. Oh yeah. I was talking about the shoes I wore and just like made you gave you hives. I've had to like sit in a fetal position. I had to <laughs> run a, a sense deprivation tank and like float in it for a while. Speaking of glee, that was such a like gay obsession for me in 2010 that was like not shared by my peers yet. Like even I among love, theater I nerds. Glee. I know it was like just the two of us though. Like not even the other theater nerds were like down for glee season one, which is the only like good season because as we all know, and as we, I mean me, Ryan Murphy is good at the first five episodes of every show. And then it goes completely off the rails. My favorite Ryan Murphy uh, show is the first five episodes of any of his shows. And then I'm always just like, what the hell has happened? Like, what like, have you done? It gets so extreme so fast in a way that's not even camp. It's just like beyond into like just saccharine stupidity. A strange man, an interesting artist, a man who should not have been given so much freedom in a multi-million dollar deal. But that's an a one man for should have day. all that power. Some men could have all that power, but Ryan Murphy is not one of them. I, I I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. I'm sorry for this digression. No, it's the it's what the people come here for. Don't worry, we'll talk about Glee. We'll get Glee expert and teenage cringe postmodern cringe icon Meg Spector to come on and present some arguments about Glee. That's an episode I'm really looking forward to. She once compared uh, Kim Kardashian talking to Donald Trump about. I want to say prison reform to Esther in the, um, like the Jewish story of Esther. Profound. I know. Troubling. <laughs> Speaking of biblical shit, uh, today we're talking about the music video for Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. It just dropped a few days ago. And this is another like emergency episode. This had to be recorded immediately. Absolutely. The, the, our six listeners were clamoring, DM after DM, text after text, email after email. When are you going to talk about this? And we are, we are here. We're answering all of your questions. All six questions. We're ready. Uh, so in this music video, basically, if you haven't seen it, it is the music video for the first single coming from Lil Nas X's uh, upcoming album, um, we basically have been waiting for this song for nine months. He first previewed it in like July of last year uh, and then finally released it with a very visually stunning, rich in uh, reference and uh, like just very like intentionally iconic uh, choices uh, music video in which Lil Nas X is... Um, in the Garden of Eden, kissed by a snake, um, a gay snake, uh, presumably the, the Satan-y snake, uh, stoned at court, um, ascends to heaven, uh, Paul dances down to hell, and then bombs for Satan, finally killing Satan and wearing his crown. I, what did you say for Satan? B- 
bottoms for Satan? Bottoms. Oh, I he I think yeah. A lap dance is more accurate. He's not okay. like fully bottoming in the music video. Okay, well, the implication. Yes, sure. Yes. But yes, give Satan a lap dance and then steals his crown. They were gonna just show Hull on YouTube. <laughs> I think the implication is that he fucks Satan. Fucks Satan and steals his crown. Yeah, which is very, like, Judith slaying Holofernes. Full of biblical references. I don't know. I'm Catholic. We don't read the Bible. (laughs) I'm Jewish. I only know the first half. Oh, the first half is very good. It's really intense, but I quite enjoyed it, yes. I actually love the mythology of the Old Testament. Like, I actually know, like, a medium amount about it. I did very well on the Frenemies Jewish trivia episode. I did, too. I was I was really expecting Trisha, my alter ego, to do better because I slayed, frankly. It's crazy because I am the Ethan to your Trisha, and Maggie is so the Ela to my Ethan. <laughs> just like scary. beautiful quiet like an artist like just like holding rescued me down. your like very anxious cis male self like yes really yeah stabilized your life let's get tri- do you think we can get trisha paid us on the podcast not yet but it's uh you know we got to stick to it because i think that is a wonderful long-term goal i would icon to. and trans man trisha paid us yeah i would love to talk to trisha about i would love nothing more Honestly, like we were talking, we were texting earlier. This is actually unrelated. We were talking about something unrelated, but I was saying that like my favorite, one of my favorite things about the YouTube TikTok era is the way that uh, psychotic narcissism and performance art are beginning to become the same thing. Like you can't really tell the difference uh, more and more. And I really personally enjoy that as a phenomenon, as an observer. Well, we were talking about that because I sent you a picture of Ariel Scarcella, um, another like person that I simply cannot look away from, mm-hmm. saying, announcing to her fans via a sticker she likely purchased on Redbubble that it is okay to be a capitalist, the <laughs> bravery for which we obviously applaud. I would Absolutely. love to get Ariel Scarcella on this podcast. I have some bones to pick with her. I have some things I would like to discuss with her. I have some arguments I would like to present to her. I think I could make a difference in her life. This is how we get labeled dirtbag left, but like I would love that, honestly. I love I arguing with what, conservatives. Uh, what is dirtbag left? Uh, last podcast on the left is kind of dirtbag left. Um, uh, what's it called? Chapo Trap House is like the prime example of dirtbag left. Um, it's basically like people who are like politically incorrect, quote unquote, which is a phrase I find very annoying. Um, but people who are kind of intentionally offensive or old school in their sense of humor, who are also like ostensibly leftists and pride themselves on freedom of speech, which means that they occasionally interview people like uh, Steve Bannon or, you know, alt right people, which I think is gross. But Arya Scarcella, I can't say her name, but um, she's, I don't know. You don't need to. She's on the line where I i would like to talk to her because I would like to disprove, I would like to argue with her in real oh, yeah, time. Yeah. I would just I would enjoy. To have a chat. Yeah, I would enjoy just kind of uh, challenging and questioning the things that she says. Ariel Scarcella. And then publishing the conversation. Yeah, if you ever, if you hear this, we would love to talk to you. And we're we're pretty confident that we can uh, 
defeat your arguments. As you are um, want to promote, we promise an open dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. freedom of speech and arguments backed by uh, logic and facts over feelings. We can give you all of those things. Absolutely. So I would if you love to have a conversation. You... We can give you that. You can even I don't want to gang up on you either. So you can bring some other uh, weird right wing homosexual that you've made friends with you can bring blair white let's get double bill ariel and blair white i would love that i would love that okay make an illustration of this post is on tiktok dead ass i would love love to talk to those two we can get blair white I, i'm confident we that. can get blair white i am too what, what is blair white doing she's just very straight attractive She's so beautiful. Do you think uh, she'd be uncomfortable by my uh, homosexual feelings, or do you think she'd see me as a man? I think she'd be very uncomfortable with either of us saying we were attracted to her, to be honest. That's that's great. Yeah. Can we talk about how amazing my eye makeup is today? Can you look just... great today. I just really, I cut you it look so really well. good. Thank you so much. I'm an artist. Can I see your dump truck ass or no? Uh, later occasions. okay no mama anytime but i'm just we're we're cozy and working anytime i ask for your dump truck ass like don't worry my wife has a dump truck ass of her own that i have sexy feelings for i just want to like applaud your dump truck you ass just like and aesthetically appreciate it. it and i love that i'm <laughs> here for it i think when okay. you when we're finally reunited we should put our dump truck asses together and see what happens yeah i agree just like i'm so glad say candy man this. three times <laughs> Uh, why do we think this, okay, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. We cannot, uh, disappoint Mr. X. No. Why is this video so homo and so pomo? I mean, it's so homo because it is so like blatantly queer from a very young person who is experienced, um, tremendous success and is very much in the public eye. And that's thrilling. I yeah, mean, it's actively, called Call Me By Your Name. Coming it's, out as gay and then owning it in a way that is not makes that does not cater to straight people Absolutely. coming out as gay and make and and making intentional choices to be to push the envelope of what is normal and accepted portrayal of gay people by gay people in the public space is both homo and very pomo Absolutely. It feels incredibly authentic. I think another thing that feels very pomo about it is like queer culture is very referential historically, but those references are usually multi-generational. And this feels incredibly referential to like the Bible, to very old things, but most of the pop references feel incredibly contemporary. You know, like I got like Gaga and Doja Cat and FKA Twigs from this video. I didn't get things from Cher or Madonna. You know, I didn't get a lot of 90s references or 80s references. Well, Lil Nas X actually in a recent uh, interview, I want to say with The Needle Drop, who I've decided to stand. Correct. Um, the internet's busiest music nerd. Uh, he said, he said really blatantly, like, he's only like 20, I want to say, or like 21. He's like, I don't know all of queer history. I don't know right. all of queer references. So I'm like learning as I go. And I think that 
saying that and recognizing that we expect every queer person to be representatives of the entire community. And I think it's really important that he has set an expectation for us that he is like 20 and he's not, he doesn't, it hasn't come immediately into the world knowing about fucking John Waters. Like, why would you know that? Right. Exactly. What do you mean? You haven't listened to Judy, Judy, Judy. Like it's very, what I appreciated about it was it felt, as much as I can say this about an artist I don't know, incredibly authentic in the sense that the choices felt so specific and art-directed that it felt like a very clear point of view of a young artist in a way that I really enjoyed. It's so lovely when art is so aesthetically specific or incredibly specific to the artist, when you get a sense of a whole persona from a three minute piece. I, I just find that thrilling, especially because he's so young, you know, like what a, what an so incredible, young. like second, what an incredible sophomore attempt. And also like truly playing 40 chess. Absolutely. Do you want to go more into that? Like what, what about it is 40 chess to you? Okay. So in the interview I watched where he speaks to where he's interviewed by the needle drop, which I will link in our description. He says the video was basically me prophesizing this exact moment. So the video is kind of like about itself in a way that's, I find as an Aquarius, extremely compelling uh, and like endlessly fascinating. And it's just very clear that he had the whole scope of how this was going to be, come out how people would respond to it how he would respond to that integrating it with the release of the satan shoe which we're going to get into and like he just while old town road might have been a little bit of an accident that he was able to quickly take advantage of this proves like that he is able to create a strategy that is on a next level yes i just want to say that my my favorite thing about old town road is that it wasn't an accident that he, that it was, um, lucky that it's always, you know, lucky that, um, anything gets successful, but to quote, um, a terrible person, Thomas Jefferson, uh, I'm a great believer in luck and I find it favors the prepared. Um, that's very true. And so like, like, luck is a better word. One of my, yeah. One of my favorite interviews with him is, this interview where he was talking about how he specifically created old town road with TikTok in mind, knowing that like it would be something that could be a viral background noise and that he was tweeting it constantly that he was like into Twitter before he was even into music. And that he has always understood that relationship as symbiotic. He's like Megan the stallion in that way. in that he like grew up, uh, did I say the stallion, like an old, old man. Um, but what he, how but can it not be the stallion? It has to be the stallion. You're supposed to say Megan the stallion. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, we're both old, old men. Anyways, um, but it, it's they they are because they're so young. They both understood branding through social media in a way that like we, even though we're like seven or eight years older than them, like don't find nearly as intuitive. And obviously like most people don't find intuitive. They're incredibly skilled at it, which is why they're at the level they are. But no, my favorite, one of my favorite things about Little Nas X and one of the first things I learned about him was that he always planned the music 
through how can I get this viral on social media? How can I immediately brand myself in 30 seconds or less? And I find that like, you know, um, especially like from a queer perspective, so interesting and so contemporary. And it's, it's really interesting to me that, um, a person who is raised with a sense of, uh, immediacy to their media still has that, um, that instinct to reference, even if that reference frame has shortened by 10 years, which is again, like just because he's 21 years old. I I think most 21 year olds from any generation did not, were referencing only like 10 years back. I was mostly obsessed with things from the nineties and two thousands when I was 1920. He'll learn learn about Liza Minnelli soon enough. Exactly. He has time. He does. I think that the, to go from off of your point, Memes are the our public forum, right? Mm-hmm. And Lil Nas X is like an artist that is in direct conversation with memes without mm-hmm. any degree of translation. There, he's already in that space and speaking that language, not like trying to like take something and then translate it into that language. And therefore, he's like basically in a direct conversation with his audience and the public at large. He has this like unbelievable understanding of how to use social media for his benefit and like create a narrative as we've seen by this music video and like all of the takes that have come that like suits his ultimate goal. It's a 4d chess game. Like you said, like it's, it's, um, it's a, uh, it's an, I'm choosing my words carefully. It's an exercise in persona that is going in so many directions at the same time while understanding that what you're doing is creating a conversation and he knows both how to create that conversation and the ways he wants to participate in it. it. And clearly all of this is planned in advance and it's really so satisfying to watch um, an expert set up a set up dominoes and then watch them fall maybe yes should we get a domino's pizza i'm in i was referencing frenemies have you seen that uh you know i'm not want to there's <laughs> there's someone made a meme that was like one of those small dominoes how it, if you touch it it can eventually knock over a really big one mm-hmm. and they were like trisha like Ela, like like Ethan making a video calling Trisha a catfish to like ending David Dobrik's career as the <laughs> domino. And he's trying to explain this to her on Frenemies. And she's like, mm-hmm. And then she's like, should we get dominoes? And he's like, ooh, should we? <laughs> Just like their takeaway. My king and my queen. I love that. <laughs> well, should we talk? Do you want to talk about the... Uh, so far short, but still like illustrious career of Lil Nas X. Let's recap. Yes. I love hearing you talk about pop stars. So you jump in. So it's interesting that you would say that Lil Nas X was first like into Twitter before he was into music because he first gained any degree of um, mastery over the internet by running a Nicki Minaj stan account. So, like, before anything else, like, before God, before Satan, Lil Nas X is a barb. 
And I can respect that. Have you seen the, um, the photos of him in drag as Nikki? I saw that when I was researching, but I haven't like really looked into it. I'm going to look it up now. It's great. Also fun fact. Um, <clears throat> the person that did his makeup is Gottmik, who is the first trans That's man crazy. on uh, the first trans man on Drag Race. Uh, as of recording, Gottmik managed to top four last night. So shout out to him. He's making me so emotional. Not like Gottmik, old. Yeah, he's just like Gottmik is making me emotional, and I haven't even watched the season. It's amazing. It's also like he, I mean, he's like lives with or he's very close with Gigi Gorgeous. She paid for his transition um, in large part. And uh, anyways, my point is that like he has the friends, he has the resources to have these like incredible costumes. And so he's had so many fantasies that have like come to life. And it's also just like so. There's this real, he said a lot of really lovely things um, and is just like such, there's never really been a man like him on TV and it's really lovely to see. And he, I don't know, I was really, really affected at one point. He like has this point where he's like, you know, I always felt like I was so feminine that I could not like identify as a man, but like being here surrounded by these like feminine gay men, like it's so validating. Like if these are men, then I'm men. And like, there's no there's no need to be like a super masculine man in order to like be a man. It's just beautiful. We love him. Anyways, digression. Is this but a good I love time that... for me to come out to you as a man, but as a joke. Yes. Well, the closest thing that I have landed on to my gender is that I'm a man, but like as a joke. I, yeah, my is that gender. off to you? Um, no, because my gender is like, Khloe Kardashian, if she read Queer Theory, or, uh, like, a man, but in a girl way. Like, I'm also lost. So, like, I don't know, dude. Khloe Kardashian, if she read Queer Theory. My, fully my, like, gender and aesthetic. I mean, look at me. I look like Khloe Kardashian. Kardashian colloquium's whole gig right now. I look like Khloe Kardashian if, like, Judith Butler got to her early. If Khloe uh, Kardashian's favorite author was Chris Krause, that would be me. Aesthetically. I'm obsessed with you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you, so it works out. The other point I wanted to make about Lil Nas X being a barb is that he then had to deny that he was a barb because he didn't want to be, like, clocked as gay because, like, being a barb to the point of, like, having a Twitter page dedicated to it would, like... Reed is very gay. gay and this is before yeah. he had come out and Nicki Minaj got like mad at him and that is like and then he he admitted he was like I am like I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan and she and she tweeted like it hurt when you like said that you weren't but like I'm glad that you can be yourself now and like if that isn't the the epitome of the relationship the barbs have with Nicki I don't know what is I yeah. love how she scolds them like a big titty mother she is so Exactly. She, I mean, she just doesn't accept the pickle juice and good for her. And that's why we love Big her. boobs. <laughs> Have you seen that video? I've seen every video. Okay, good. Big <laughs> boobs. What? I love her. Child. Anyways, <laughs> I think that being a student of Nicki Minaj also can give us some clues into his taste and also like where he's pulling some of his references I think a lot of his costuming in this video is serving me like an early Nicki Minaj when Nicki was more like camp, 
more like mm. camp in terms of like costumey and less camp in terms of like I am uh, my silhouette is a cartoon of a woman, which we love. A thing I think about all the time that was like an interview with early um early Gaga that I think is just generally a really good lesson for contemporary pop music is she was like, I had to come out with just dance first before they let me do art pop or Joanne. Like I had to come out with, I had to prove I could play the game and then I got to do what I want. And I always uh, like uh, uh, Nicki Minaj, I feel like falls into that category too. Like she has to invent Roman and the Barbie. She has to do the monster verse. She has to do these like big attention grabbing cartoonish things before she got to do the pink print, which is my, uh, one of my favorite albums of the past 10 pink years. No cap. I fucking slaps. love the pink print. So good. God damn it. I'm such a Barb. I don't identify as a Barb publicly because Barb's terrify me, but. Barbs are very scary for Nicki Minaj. No, she's she's like arguably like one of the best MCs working right now, like easily. Mm. Um, I think you're relating this to Gaga is very astute. My other point of reference, if I had to pull one, is is honestly early is honestly Tyler, the creator. Like both a melding of how obviously Lil Nas X and Tyler handled coming out very differently, both with like, I think, really good intentions that are both very important to see represented, um, but also like the way that Tyler baited the media with like uh, using like Satanism and like satanic imagery and like horror core lyrics, like really reminds me of how like Lil Nas X is like shit stirring with this, uh, with this music video. This is maybe non-related, but you're a Tyler, the creator stand. Didn't he like, he didn't realize he was queer when he first like became famous, right? Like at the time he was ostensibly straight or was he like closeted? Because my understanding was he, like, had kind of an awakening and he was already, like, in the public eye. So, I, he has not really spoken on it. Okay. It's no one's of, business. I, I just was wondering if that, that was a part of the public narrative. No, no. So, I think that's, like, a valid question. And I, I am the person who has this information, if <laughs> anyone does, in this in this podcast on this day. Here on this day. But, uh I think Tyler Crater's coming out was very much about that it shouldn't matter to people. And Lil Nas X's coming out is very like intentionally magnifying it and throwing it in your face so that you have to confront it. And I think that like those are both very valid and important perspectives and like just are based on their, their like comfort levels. Like Tyler is a way more like private person who doesn't really post like on social media in like the same way that Lil Nas X does and is much more like just working on a lot of like artistic projects. But if you look in through the history of Tyler's, everything he's done, you can sort of see the seeds that he was probably um, queer early on. Like it, there's a couple like cute white boys that have been like floating around his crew, like for since he started being in the public eye that I think I don't want to prescribe and suggest that he was inherently like in a relationship with them, but there's definitely like credence to that theory, especially like in retrospect. Um, And he's always kind of been like dropping little hints, little hints about it. I think that he sort of thought it, you know, I I mean like 
it, it makes a lot more sense for Sid and Frank Ocean to have felt so at home in that, in that crew for the leader to have been queer because like, it's not like hip hop collectives are generally known for being like super queer friendly. Yeah. And they are a very queer collective. Totally. Totally. Everyone leaves Frank out of the conversation. Like Frank Ocean wasn't like thoroughly part of OF. So intensely involved at the beginning. Like very in it. It's just like erasing that uh, from, from the books makes me mad. I, I think every day about the odd feature freestyle where Frank Ocean is like too cool for the whole thing, but he like also goes like I'm high and I'm by. Oh wait, I'm straight. I'm straight. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> me. Very, that's I, that whole video and uh, song is really iconic. Truly, I love that one. One of my one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I could. We got to talk about Tyler one day. I can do a whole. I don't even know I where to fucking that. start. I don't even know where to start. But another thing. I would do one on Sid, too. I fucking love Sid. Sid's amazing. Uh, Honestly, everyone in that collective is, even though Odd Future is kind of disbanded, almost everybody that was in it has done something really cool. At least, like, a couple cool projects. Even the ones that, like, people don't really, maybe aren't, like, on top of on top of the charts right now. They're still, like, doing really cool shit. And I, like, honestly... Odd, Odd Future and Soldier Boy are the two people who who fucking made the blueprint for how music is released and disseminated on the internet today. Is this the moment where I get to talk about FKA Twigs? Now, now can be the moment where you talk about FKA Twigs. Do you want to explain the relevance? So this video... Um, they, uh, this video is very, very... Um, reminiscent of a recent video by FKA Twigs for her song Cellophane. Um, and the connections are really interesting to me. It turns out that they um, share a choreographer uh, whose name I'm going to butcher because I've only seen it written, but uh, Paolo Rochi, or Ro- Ro- Rochi um, who uh, was involved in both videos. Uh, the creative team's were very inspired. So it was a um, an intentional reference that Little Nas X was not uh, aware of because it was brought to him by his creative team. Um, but FKA Twigs called him behind the scenes and uh, kind of explained the connections. And he gave her a very affectionate shout out on uh, Instagram. And uh, she also praised him. And it was like a very, very positive accountability Abundance moment. mindset. It was beautiful. Um, So, like, emotionally generous from both of them. A wonderful example to set. But I um, um, noticed it immediately because I'm obsessed with FKA Twigs. And I feel like she is... um, She's... Um, She is, like, the Kate Bush of this generation to me. She's one of those people that got, like, just enough success that she'll always have a career. But she just wants to fuck off and make weird art. It's so funny you say that because FKA Twigs is one of like Maggie's favorite artists and it Maggie loves like the Kate Bush type beat. Maggie just wants like a weird wailing woman. She's a weird wailing woman. She's also like a performance artist. So this I this is my recommended reading for the week. I'll say so at the end, but spoiler, this is my recommended reading is her video for Cellophane is genius her entire persona for the mary magdalene album is genius essentially what happened was she was um 
in a very serious relationship with um what's his name? Edward Cullen. LaBeouf. No, 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 no. Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. Um, she was in a very public relationship with Robert Pattinson and a very serious one. And it basically um the root of the disillusion of that relationship, according to her, was was being harassed by the paparazzi, was the pressure of being in the public eye and the racism that she faced because of that. And this kind of, um, because she was less famous than him, this uh, feeling that she was not good enough for him and that she felt like that permeated the relationship. And she created this album called Mary Magdalene and she learned pole dancing. And she basically the whole of cellophane, it's the idea of like something see-through but impermeable. She's pole dancing throughout the whole thing. And she's basically like this incredibly beautiful woman doing this incredibly sexy dance on stilettos that are basically knives while saying, didn't I do it for you? Why don't you do it for me when all I do is for you? And she's basically performing being like, the perfect woman while also being rejected by men and performing suffering. And it's like so smart and like a really beautiful way of expressing pain while also expressing self-love. And it's just like an incredible, I I can't recommend that album and FKA Twigs as a person in general enough. Um, But so the, uh, the choreography is very similar in the sense that it's both very like pole dancing stripper inspired and that uh they do this kind of free fall on a pole um there's a lot of very similar aesthetics in terms of um the animation it's a very clear reference and it was very lovely to see Lil Nas X uh learn that and celebrate it in real time and I really yeah wonderful I will say, though, although there's a lot of very similar parts, the whole of those videos feel extremely different to me. Like, the series, on paper, it's like they're both videos centered around pole dancing, like, free-falling on a pole, and, like, very lush, uh, maximalist 3D animation. And And really overt biblical references. Irrelevant, again, that, like, the album she was referencing was Mary Magdalene. And yet, these feel like totally separate, like, artistic statements with separate artistic, like, aesthetics. And I think that that is very inspiring and, like, proves that uh, there's always, like, in the same way that everything has been done before, it also can be done, like, totally differently. That, like, yes, everything's been done before, but also those those three, you'd think if you threw those, like, four parts into, like, a blender, you would get the same like concoction every time, but there's two very different outcomes, which I find Absolutely. exciting. As Absolutely. someone who is always worried that I am talking about the Kardashians too much. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about Old Town Road also, Great. which is obviously like the the other major artistic statement that we have from Mr. X. Um, okay, so Old Town Road came out in 2018, um, which had like, which I think is the first part to this like masterful concoction that Lil Nas X has landed on for how to get like this degree of like saturation in the public eye, which is that it was coming out around like Red Dead Redemption and like when TikTok was starting to uh, really like come into its own and develop its own rules around like viral content. And so 
with that in mind, there, he was able to help like push it into a viral campaign, like paired with this whole like yeehaw juice meme where people would like start out one way and then drink yeehaw juice and then the beat would drop and they would like be cowboys dancing to this song. Uh, yeah. Then there was also like controversy associated with it, namely that it was charting on the country charts and then removed because they said it did not like basically they said it didn't contain enough like elements of the spirit of country um which people like hoes were mad about uh and people had a lot of opinions on both sides and then that was kind of rescued with a billy ray cyrus cosign where he hopped on a remix and was like this is country i am like a staple of country and like popular country I am validating this. And then also he just made a million remixes. And I just really need to reference the fact that he has a remix of Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus, Mason Ramsey, that yodeling boy, and Young Thug are on one remix of this song. Pure chaos. Young Thug is another like gender alien that I've, think is like actually like incredibly like incredibly important and like doing like post-verbal performance art but no one thinks about it that way um i agree it's interesting adam 22 of no jumper interviewed young thug really like impromptu in a very impromptu manner and young thug when he when adam asked him about this he said about lil nas x coming out um young thug was kind of like neutral to negative on it which is interesting because Young Thug has like really pushed the boundaries of what's acceptable uh, for pe- men in hip hop to wear, by namely right. by wearing like what is ostensibly a dress on the album for the album cover for Jeffrey, and wearing like little girls' dresses as shirts, and just like being a total alien in the same way that FKA Twigs is a total alien and like creative genius, but. In a, in a way, it's like I kind of don't fault him for being, like, neutral to negative because uh, he's, like, from a community where I don't think – I don't want to speak about, like, things that I don't have any experience with. But hip-hop in general is not particularly, like, excited about homosexuality. And, like, right. Young Thug is already, like, queering everything. He doesn't have to know the – like, have read the literature or know the words. He's already doing it. I just don't, yeah, I don't particularly care. Um, I really, it really bothers me, honestly, when we um, treat celebrities like they're philosophers. Like, I don't know why we ask a young 20, in the same way that I don't know why we ask young thug about like queer issues. I don't mean, don't know why we ask a 21 year old pop star if she's a feminist. It's just like, why you're just setting her up to be ridiculed by some group. It doesn't matter. About Elizabeth I'm talking about Lizzie. I'm talking about Lizzie. I'm talking about Miley. I'm talking about Taylor. All of them have at some point been kind of set up for this, like, Oh, they're like not feminist enough or they're too feminist. And it's very like they're 22 year old girls who didn't go to college and who work a hundred hours a week. Like don't, they're not political theorists. Leave them alone. I understand, totally. like, I understand if they make it a part of their brand, then I guess it's fair game to ask them. But it feels very, like, it feels very exploitative. Um, and it feels like it just generates clicks. And it is at the expense of, like, 
putting these young artists in a position to be ridiculed by people much more educated than them. And I hate it. Well, I do want to ask in a holiday, will Nas X's like most recent single prior to Montero, he came out as a bottom. How do you Mm -hmm. think that compares with Miley Cyrus coming out as a top? I very similar. I love Miley Cyrus's top energy. It's thrilling to me. Miley Cyrus's Um, top energy really stresses me out. I love it. Because I I would probably bottom for her. I love a bisexual top. I love someone who like, like is a woman fucks men and is just like an open top. Like go off sis. The the point I'm making talking about old town road is these, these things like relevant timing, a viral campaign controversy, and then like a cosign from like an elder or an authority in the space, Absolutely. which I think we see with this music video. Like it was released right around Easter. Um, there was like a, a viral campaign with the Satan shoe that tied into it and like furthered the conversation. And also like naturally this like fell into TikTok and became a meme immediately. Uh, there is controversy surrounding it. Obviously people are, hoes are mad and it's getting uh cosigns from a lot of uh, uplifted voices in the like pop community. Like, Every everyone for the girl gay is and days have been talking about how this slaps. Absolutely. It's the response has been so positive, largely. And absolutely well, like, all the criticism has created well, all the criticism has created the type of controversy that um generates think pieces and makes the people that support you support you that much harder. I mean, like it Madonna is taught so us calculated. On his end, it's like he knew exactly how people were going to react and he planned for it. And I'm just like, I want to one last thing about Old Town Road is um, I think this the music video for it is pretty, pretty exciting because it has like a good amount of celebrities in it. Like has like Chris Rock and like Rico Nasty, which is just like fun. And obviously like Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm -hmm. But the summary of the music video for um Old Town Road is that Nas and Billy Ray Cyrus are like in cowboy times being cowboys and then accidentally like go through a time portal and end up in like a contemporary black neighborhood. And everyone is kind of like thinking that Lil Nas X, like in his like old timey Western clothes and horns are a little bit out of place. And then Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X meet up in like some pretty like flashy uh flamboyant cowboy gear and perform like at a like old white people like country hall right Um, and the line right before they get like set into this time portal is well Nas X says last time I was here they weren't too welcoming to outsiders and then Billy Ray Cyrus says you're with me this time everything is going to be all right and so we see in this video that like this country and Western aesthetic is like out of place in a contemporary black neighborhood. And then like a like flashy black person is out of place in like a country environment. And those are both sort of metaphors for like this, like gay flamboyant artist being out of place in country hip hop and like mainstream pop media. 
while still being um, such a reference to, like, the homoeroticism of, like, Western films. Like, and also just, like, Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah. <laughs> frankly. Uh, so after, so obviously Old Town Road was, at, like, I think it has the record for being, like, the longest time in, like, the Billboard Hot 100 charts. It was, like, mm-hmm. there for, like, 19 weeks. Um it was just a huge hit. It, there are a ton of remixes with everyone from Diplo to someone from BTS. Uh, I don't know anything about BTS and I just can't at this stage in my life dedicate. It's like Reddit. I can't go there or that's all I'm going to do. So I'm not getting further into that. Um, and then he released an EP that was pretty okay. Uh, the really standout track from his EP is Closure, where he vaguely comes out and says that he needs to be free. And then he tweeted, like, um, I basically, I need y'all to listen to Closure really closely. And when people were like, are you gay? He tweeted, like, I thought I made it obvious. And sh- like tweeted up pictures from the album cover where there are like rainbow colored buildings that he in the city that he's riding off to in the album cover. So he basically was like, I tricked you. I'm gay and you're all gay for liking my horse song. <laughs> exactly. Huge JoJo, uh, huge JoJo Siwa energy. <gasps> That's the collab I'm looking for. I, I've been thinking this, honestly. I want this collab. Oh my God, wait. I want, I want, at the intersection of JoJo Siwa and Lil Nas X is Nicki Minaj. Your mind, the power. The, so the next phase in Lil Nas's career was Holiday, um, and which sort of set the tone for this like really campy 3D animation aesthetic that he has mastered on this music video. And in this song, he says that he bottoms. He just comes out as a bottom. He's like, I bottom on the low, but I top shit. And I think... I think that is like almost as shocking as like coming out as gay. He's like, yeah, I'm gay. And everyone's like, okay, well, he's like, no, no, I take it in the butt. I'm the woman one. I'm the one getting fucked. Like I get fucked in the butt. Like I can't imagine what it would be like to be like a, like like an actively homophobic person who liked old town road and then find out that the person who wrote it, wrote your horse song just loves getting like his buzzy pounded like that must be horrible news for them horse song no i agree it's thrilling (laughs) i love it um and so now that brings us into the contemporary era which is montero which is his government name um an upcoming album and this being the song that was previewed so long ago and this music video that has uh broken the internet so what is there to say about this music video that has not already been said by very angry pastors? You tell me. I love your music video takes. Well, I'm going to be honest. This is not aesthetically my favorite jam. That doesn't mean I I want to say whenever something is like not my taste, I very specifically want to make it clear that doesn't mean I don't think it's good. It's just like not my favorite thing to look at. And this whole look is not really for me. Uh, I do appreciate how strong it is in its statement. And clearly it has compelled a lot of people. And I think it's like, I'm very interested in the way that it is incredibly 
it's positioned in such a postmodern way that the music video is very much about what's going to happen when the music video comes out. Um, I will say reviewing it um, for this podcast, I did learn a few things, which is that one, the director, Tenu Muino, um, Mm -hmm. also directed Cardi B's Up, which I think is like obviously relevant. And the other main thing that I noticed is that I think people are missing that this music video to me takes place in the landscape of his mind. It felt very chromatica to me. I haven't engaged with almost anything regarding chromatica. That was to me, the really obvious reference was like, welcome to this land of my invention. Cause chromatica is like a place where bottoms roam free essentially. Who will take care? Who will herd them? <laughs> exactly. You can't have a country big. just full of bottoms. You need you need at least one top, like chained to a rock somewhere. <laughs> Good strong points all around. Regardless, I yeah, I got very the purple and the um kind of uh very specific name. The the framing it as like a world building kind of thing. It felt very chromatica to me. I hear that I see it more as like an internal journey that's being externalized because the land is named Montero, which is his name. He's writing. He also paired this with a message to his younger self where he's saying that like, he made this for other queer people that like he's coming out as like pushing the agenda of like letting queer people feel accepted. Um, And then the first scene in the sort of garden of Eden, we're seeing a lot of like, relics of large statues of Lil Nas X. And so I see this all sort of taking place in his mind. Also the fact that every character is played by him. It's like, he is sort of every character. And I see this as a very like internal journey for him of like choosing going to hell rather than like not being true to himself and like taking mastery over that. I really see that. I think that's a beautiful interpretation i definitely i I resonate with what you were saying a little bit i like the aesthetic i think more than you did but what really resonated with me was kind of the grand scale of the story told in you know a three-minute video i find that really satisfying like the full three-act structure that we got through these like different sets and the satisfying symbols of you know taking the crown things like that it's really a butt plug flying through the air art that's like it yeah i mean it's the same thing honestly that i love about slam poetry is that it's it's such an endorphin hit when it does go well for something to be so succinct and so impactful slam is um cringeworthy and unbearable but also at least we can agree on that yeah (laughs) (laughs) I also want just to do my due diligence. This Lil Nas X himself has a directing credit in addition to the other director I mentioned previously. So this is very much like partially his vision. And I think that that is evident. Like, I think he had, that has to be like, he had to have been very clear in what he wanted and like collaborated with someone to make that happen. But I, I also appreciate his just dedication to camp. And I think what that serves here is that it's, it, this video is at the intersection of high art that's making a 
that's very like conceptual, right? There's like a, the idea of art being conceptual is that like, it's more about what the art's saying than what it is. Um, there are of course like other schools of theory around art and not all art is like based around that, but that's like what people tend to favor and like think of in lofty ways. And so Mm -hmm. I think that he's able to like take that concept, but also like present it in a way that is like extremely digestible, which is my like main beef with a lot of conceptual art and like contemporary art is that it's like, you have to like, I, I, first of all, I love hearing artists talk about their work, but if I have to like read a 20 page essay to understand it, or if you're basically just like taking like a text of philosophy and turning it into an art object, then I'm kind of, I'd kind of rather go to the source and just read the philosophy. But like this to me is like, has a very clear message. The message is made clear by making it so visually stunning. And like, I think at the intersection of high art and this digestibility on a mass scale lies camp. And that is like the tool that he's using. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that there is, um, well, I have a question for you. I need a, I need an expert in the room, which is okay. I have not seen Call Me By Your Name. I have not seen it because I do not care for Tim Tam, the Shim Sham Man. It's personal. It's very personal because, like, I'm a cute boy. Why does no one obsess over me? <laughs> I saw a TikTok that compared him to a bicycle seat, and I think about it every day. Uh Timothy Chalamet, if you're listening, I'm sorry. And you're very attractive and I'm sorry to shame you. I've realized that I should stop. Like I've actually had a realization lately that it's kind of not okay to just like body shame or like make fun of how celebrities look. So I'm sorry, Timothy, but like, where's my flowers for being a cute little boy? I'm not (laughs) seeing any. I too am a cute little white boy and I would like to be praised. Um, you've seen Call Me By Your Name. You told me that you read the book. Can you tell me what, uh, can you bring some light to how that, as a very contemporary reference, is being included in this statement of this music video So and the song? So it's a famous, like, gay reference. I think in the same way, it's kind of slang, the way that, like, Brokeback is. It's just, like, a reference to a famous gay thing. But also, you know, he references his own name. The whole point of Call Me By Your Name is it's this very um, unconventional relationship and kind of unnamed relationship. Like, they never call themselves boyfriends or partners or even lovers. It's just this very unique very temporary bond between two young men. Uh, The first time they have a sexual intimate moment together, the older one says, call me by your name and I'll call you by mine. And they call themselves by each other's name. And that's like a through line of the, of their bond. Um, And they kind of, it's this very like shared love of um, Jewish masculinity basically. And so I think it's that it's, it's a celebration of, um, uh, like male and male intimacy and also kind of the, the self-love reflected in that. Like, but I felt like there was a lot of lyrics that were referencing that kind of, I think that's a negative stereotype about gay men specifically, but gay people generally that it's like almost, it's like a weird homophobic stereotype that it's like a form of narcissism that you want to like fuck someone that has the same same body as you or like that it's like this weird narcissistic 
I'll say I'll play double being lap danced by a Lil Nas X advocate and say I've known a few gay men specifically who have dated people that look very similar to them. I just don't think there's any problem with that. I think if you're attracted, oh no, I don't think there's a problem. The singularity where you are like, I love me and also want to fuck people like me. Good for you. But I think that that's kind of a thing that's very like a very homophobic stereotype that I think is kind of taken ownership with in this, um, in Call Me By Your Name and in this song, Montero, where it's the joy is maybe in a shared body or a shared history or a shared life experience. Um, And in seeing a body like yours, but a body that you, or a body that you desire for yours to be like, like the line, I want to fuck the ones I envy, I think is a very like, yeah, I watched the in his genius breakdown of the lyrics. He said that he's it's actually kind of I'm reading it as a little bit of the opposite of call me by your name. That like idea of self-love because he's saying that it's not it's like he doesn't want to be with someone that's exactly like him. He wants to be with someone that's like got something else going on. But I think that that this it's this like song and video exist at a dialectic. Is that the right word? Michelle of Kardashian Colloquium taught me that word, and then I uh, I haven't really looked into it very far. But I think <laughs> it's, I think it's two things. Two things are true at the same time, which is that it's about like yearning for someone else, but also like there is a self-love narrative. And I think both of those things are equally true and both readings are correct. I think I'm also, I maybe didn't articulate well, but I do think the book exists in that tension. I think it exists in this like desire where you see yourself in a person and also see the person you desire to be in that person. And that's like the tension. Or the, like, attraction. Like, the crux of lesbianism is, like, the do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? True, true, true. The dichotomy. The dichotomy, as we have covered on this podcast. And will continue to. Absolutely. I I also, okay, so going back to the blueprint mapped out by Old Town Road, not the blueprint of Old Town Road, but the sort of marketing strategy around that, where I'm seeing the same components here, which is like relevant timing, which is he dropped it right around Easter, which is awesome. And also it's like digital language is really a lot of the conversations we're having around NFTs right now, or if you have a life. Um, but a lot of digital artists are finally, are, are for the first time, being sort of like recognized and having their work invested in, in a meaningful way. And a lot of the aesthetics of that are very similar to this, like uh, gaudy. And I say that with love, like maximalist, huge scale animation that we're seeing. Yeah. Very, the end of very, the end of the empire, super gilded, very, very that. So there's relevant timing there's controversy, obviously. People are mad saying that he's committing blasphemy. Um, there's been cosigns from contemporary pop stars. And then it's obviously paired with like this viral campaign where it has become this like meme on TikTok. Also, it's paired with the um the Satan shoe, which I have been dying to talk about. 
all day. Talk about it, Mama. So do you know about mischief? No. So mischief spelled M-S-C-H-F is a like art studio that creates digital and physical products and pieces. Um, and they okay, have created a this. bunch of incredible things that have like consistent become viral and widely talked about online. So examples range from things like times newer Roman is times new Roman, but five to 10% wider. So you can write a paper with it and you can get to like a page count quicker while also like passing as being times new Roman. Um, They also created bull and moon, which is an astrologically aligned stock app that like picks a stock that's right for you based on your sign which is like obviously talking about how like if you've been on the internet at all you've seen the various incarnations of the meme that stocks and the economy is astrology for men Mm -hmm. um and then probably most famously was the mischief box which was a box that was a hundred dollars to purchase and contained items worth between zero and seven thousand dollars and that it appreciated um, over 100 days to $1,000. So if you bought it and didn't open it and sent it back, you would make $900. But if you opened it, you had a, it was like a gambling opportunity. You could find like a paperclip or you could find like a very expensive handbag or sort of anything in between. And it's like this interactive living experiment and statement on obviously like value and economics and uh the resale economy and like all these amazing things um so that's so genius so mischief originally released the jesus shoes are you familiar with these no okay let me pull these up for you okay i'm sorry i didn't know i needed to research other shoes no (laughs) i'm so thrilled to be telling you about jesus shoes you have no idea Okay, I'm excited. So this is a Jesus shoe. It is a modified Air Max 97. And it has, it's all white. And in the bubble, like at the bottom of the Air Max 97, which I believe is usually just full of air, they filled it with holy water. So you're walking on water like Christ. And then it comes with a shoelace charm of a crucifixion. Um, They created these a few drops ago, they do like two drops a month, I want to say. Okay. And they immediately sold out and like resell for way more on stock X. Um, like I said, Drake like showed off a pair. So they're extremely rare. Um, and I think they also have a Bible verse quoted on the side, but I'm not sure what um, they, so they had a precedent set for the Jesus shoe. Right. And then, mm-hmm. Obviously, that's paired perfectly to do a Satan shoe to come out with this. They made a certain amount of pre-orders, but 666 uh, editions. They sold 665, and they were giving away the 666th. Um, It has a a Bible verse on the side that is something about Satan. I forget it. I don't think it's particularly, like, relevant beyond that. And they're all black with instead of being, but the, in, in the bubble is injected red ink and a single drop of blood from someone in the mischief creative team. 
And then they have a shoelace charm that is a pentagram, basically. And so this is like an art piece that paired with this. And Nike had no problem with um, the Jesus shoes. And also there is a huge like shoe customization, shoe resale market um, online. Um, And also just a huge like shoe sale issue with like resellers and bots uh, which is not for this conversation, and I am not an, an expert in it at all. But Nike did, like, basically, like, take them to court over this. So Nike received enough backlash for, like, co-signing Satan that they have uh, basically, like, sent them... I'm not sure if it's a cease and desist or what the what the exact, like, dynamic is, but uh, they're taking offense to this. That's insane. Which is, like, the whole... Satanism, if, if if you know anything about Satanism, Satanism is more of like a mindset than an actual religion or philosophy. It's kind of more right. of a thought experiment. And this is very much the same as like the Church of Satan advocating to get a statue of Baphomet erected when like statues of Christ are also put on or God or the Virgin Mary are also put on public property and just like saying like, well, if that's acceptable, why isn't this acceptable? And like immediately this exposed itself so is it because it's satan referencing satan is it because it's a black man referencing satan is it because it's a black gay man it's very interesting and one the last thing i wanted to read about this is that mischief says in their statement they've released on these shoes that we believe it is better to make art that participates directly in a subject matter it is stronger to do a thing than to talk about a thing Mischief makes artworks that live directly in the systems they critique instead of hiding inside white-walled galleries, which I think is exactly what Lil Nas X has done his entire career and specifically with this video. Absolutely. No, I what an incredible like collaboration association and and uh falls into that same pattern of like the desired effect being uh achieved through something so simple. Yeah, it's like they couldn't it couldn't have gone better or been like more like they predicted it perfectly. I think this Satan reference is also really like overdue. Um not to get too in the weeds, but I saw this uh sorry. I think this Satan references are overdue um because we're kind of ready for a satanic panic with hip hop in the same way that we got one with rock in the 80s and 90s. Oh, I, I would fan- love that. <laughs> I saw this fantastic TikTok by a user, this is Corey, um, about how rock and rap have followed the same trajectory. So like in the 40s, rock was invented. And in the 50s, I mean, in the 70s, rap was invented. And then in the next stage, the next decade, the 50s and the 80s respectively were the early kings. And then the 60s and 90s were the greatest generation. Then it progressed to the 70s and thousands with the stadium generation. Then the 80s and 2010s were the wildest. And the 90s were obviously like alt. And so we are the next stage for rap is alt, which we've already started to slide into like at the end of the last decade. But I think artists like odd future and like art features early days when they were really just like talking about like Satan and like murder and really trying to get shock value. And also um, 
artists like Lil Uzi Vert who are directly referencing like cults and Satan are sort of bringing that like spicy energy that like metal and Marilyn Manson rest in peace were uh, bringing during like the satanic panic era. So it's like the next natural progression that we're going to get real Satan-y. That's really exciting. That tracks. I'm excited to watch that unfold. Yeah. I'm so, I'm just so excited. <laughs> like could not be more excited to like worship the devil at, like to a trap beat. <laughs> I agree. A vibe. I can't wait. Well, um, Pia, what would you give, what would you rate Montero? Call me by your name. I would rate it one infinite stripper pole slide into hell out of one. I love that. The highest rating. Um, I want to give it a one cum filled peach, but I know, but I kind of just want to say that to upset you. <laughs> Will you talk about the cum filled peach? It's a part of call me by your name, the film and book where the young one, the Timothy Chalamet character jerks off using a stone fruit and then like takes a nap. And then the older one comes in and is like, what's this? And like, sees this like piece of fruit that he fucked and then eats it. And it's like this romantic gesture of like bonding and like acceptance. And he's just like, I want you to know, like never doubt my love because he ate this cum filled peach. It's like very symbolic and fetishy. I have a few questions. Okay. How does he fuck a peach? I also, uh, listen. uh, It feels like the space where you would fuck is filled by a stone. I think he removes the stone and then fucks the fruit. I don't feel like, I think you could, I, that feels like a very specific thing that shouldn't be presented as so like general. Like if you've got to be, yeah, it's symbolic, but it also is like very, very fetishy to me. It's very fucking fruit. Every time I go on Instagram, someone is molesting a goddamn piece of orange, just fingering an orange aggressively on my feet. People love to finger blast fruit. I agree. That is like a very... Well, I've been known to finger blast (laughs) Never mind. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. In the words of Lana Del Rey, Clementine's not just a fruit. Ah! (laughs) Not just a fruit. My other question is, how long was this cum-filled peach just, like, chilling? Because I could get, like, you know, eating cum, not my bag, but, like, I totally get it and I celebrate it. I feel like eating old cum, like cum that's been sitting out for a two-hour nap, I don't know if I can get behind as much. I don't know if I like that. Again, it's a very specific, it's very, like, fetishy to me because I agree. Like, I... It's a, you gotta be into that specifically because it's not like a universal. There's a lot of steps here. By any stretch. I agree. <laughs> Is that what Kim, the Kim Moji of the peach with the like white liquid on it, it's referencing? Yes. And nothing else. Great. Well, I'm so glad we've done this work today. I really feel like we accomplished something. I agree. Couldn't agree more. 
Do you have any additional reading for us? My additional reading is uh, Mary Magdalene by FKA Dwegs, specifically the music video for Cellophane. What is your additional reading, Pia? My additional reading is just not fucking a peach. Strong points. Strong points all around. I'll allow it. Are we going to get canceled because I'm kink-shaming fucking a peach? I'll go to the mattress. That's a hill I'll die on. Yeah, yeah. No shame to you if you want to fuck a peach, but we can agree that that's an unusual desire. It and just more power like to a, you. A very specific desire to put in a book as though it is not specific. Let alone a Hollywood film. This is very like Quentin Tarantino has arrived in the chat foot fetish moment. It's also, very Also, listeners, all six of you, should I make a wiki feed for Clementine as a birthday present? Should Pierre I make really Clementine wants me to a wiki foot feed? famous. I think you should. You just have a lot of foot content out there and no one's like archiving it. And I think it could be me. I would love that. I told you I would love to become, I don't have a foot fetish. I would love to become an icon of a specific fetish, even especially when I don't share, because then I can be like very public about it. It's great. I'm so glad we're Make doing me this foot work. famous. Let's okay, do it. Great. I have I have your uh your consent. You accept this, you're excited about it. Yes. You will become foot famous. Let's do this. Another way we are similar to uh Trisha and Ethan. Yes. Wiki feet. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Thank uh, you guys. Lil Nas X, if you hear this, what do you, we're free this Thursday. If you want to hang out on Thursday, we're free to hang out. If you want to hang out on Thursday when we're free. Yeah. That we would be free on Thursday. Um, you can follow us collectively at we did the reading on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can follow Clementine and read their words at Clementine Von Radix. You can follow me on Instagram at Pia underscore Marchetti. Please, if you find it in your heart, rate, review, share, send this to your gay friend. <laughs> if you're the only gay friend, go make some gay friends. Uh, recommend it to somebody. Uh, put it on your Instagram story. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. <laughs> All you know how feedback. to do. You know how to do all those things. You're on the internet. I don't have to lay it out for you. If you don't, ask someone younger. Ask someone in Gen Z. They'll know. I always ask my grandchildren. They explain it right away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. We have had a rough season, but hopefully, we're going to be back to posting regularly again. Um, until next time, someone will remember us either in an, until next time. Does it make the audience feel any better that Clementine and I have processed a lot recently? We really have. We are both Kylie Jenner realizing things right now. I had to, I had to, before we processed the other day, I was like texting John. I was like, there, my, my incredible coworker, John, I was like, uh, I'm like, I have to like have a gay processing conversation after work. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, I gotta go like talk about my feelings for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> after this, I have a date. Me and, and my platonic do- soulmate have to work some shit out. <laughs> yeah. Work some shit out. So like, <laughs> we do it for you. 
all six it. of you. Oh, also, since our last time recording, we have surpassed a hundred. I mean, a thousand listens. A thousand we're, times someone has listened to us yell at each other that isn't just us. We're closer to fifteen hundred than a thousand now. We're really and more important. Bit by have, bit, baby. We have. 69 unique listeners and we've done the math and figured out how many times all six of you have created additional accounts to be listening from and we appreciate that work that you're putting in to uh, falsely boost our numbers so thank you absolutely um i think that's everything so in the words of sappho someone will remember us even in another time and in the words of our fallen patron saint, Kanye West, everything is exactly the same, especially if it is characters uh, played by Lil Nas X in a music video. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Bye. Bye.